Praise the Lord. Fantastic. Uh, this morning, I would like to continue on, the, on my teaching, ministry, uh, spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. So, uh, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, we'll read from verse 7. So, reading from the New King James Version, say, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the sending of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues to another the interpretation of, of tongues. But one and, a, one and the same Spirit works all things, works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen. And um, we've kind of like categorized this nine gifts of the Spirit here into three, uh, namely the revelation gifts. These are gifts that reveal something, power gifts, which are uh, spiritual gifts that do something, man, that manifest the power of God in a sense. And then we have all trans gifts. Those ones have to do with, um, you know, these are the gifts that speak something. So we've been looking at these for uh, a couple of months now, and we're still on on this journey. So I'm going saying, you know, um, why are we spending so much time on this teaching? So let's not, let, in the same uh, chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, let's go to verse 1. Verse 1 reads, now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I do not want you to lack understanding. Now, one of the reasons why we have so much abuse in the church today is due to lack, is due to ignorance, people's ignorance regarding spiritual gifts. People are very quick to equate spiritual gift to spiritual maturity. Equate spiritual gift to um, sound character. If you, now in this particular uh, book, letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians church, the Bible, Paul was saying that in, when it comes to the gift of the Spirit, this church, they do not lack anything. I mean, they manifest the, all, all the gifts of the Spirit. So they, had, they were this kind of church that, you know, where you can always, you, you always see the move of a spirit. You know, somebody's prophesying, someone is doing this, someone is doing that. You know, someone is, you know, this gift of healings, this working of miracles. So there's so much manifestation of the gift of the spirit in this church. But in this same church is where we have a situation where someone is, um, is a, I don't want to say having an affair, is, in, is having an affair with their stepmom. And was bragging about it. Come into the church with a stepmom, as is, you know, because we have kids in church, I don't want to use kick as some words. But someone who is kind of sleeping with their stepmom is coming to the church, and the church did not frown upon it. You want to see where there is? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. First Corinthians 5 1. It reads, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. Now, these are the, this is the church that manifests spiritual gifts. That Paul said, you know what, these guys do not lack. I mean, they excel in all gifts, in a sense. 
He said, and such sexual immorality as not even named among the Gentiles. So even the kind of sexual immorality that unbelievers will frown upon was being practiced in this church. That a man has his father's wife in the church. Amen. In the church. And Paul goes on and on. And okay, now let's read it further. I would, let me try to do a good job this morning. Say, and you are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. So Paul is showing us here that in the church there is discipline. These matters, these sex, matters of sexual immorality should not be brushed over. See, um, my fellow, if you're a pastor or minister of the gospel watching me, let me tell you one thing. See, if the highest given member of your church is given to sexual immorality, you need to work with them, help them, deal with the situation, and if possible, and if necessary, if they will not take correction, there's so much into this that I'm trying not to go into too much details because of my time. But let me go straight to the point. Like Pastor Dewey said, let me cut to the chase. Now, if the fact that the person is the highest giver in your church does not mean they are, um, well, how, what do we, I don't want to use the word immune. You know, when you kind of then um, take, you don't, you don't apply discipline to them. So it does not mean that you, you is it immunity? Is that what I would call it? Okay, it does not make them immune to discipline. So if, we, if they are the richest person in your church and they are given to sexual immorality, see, do you know where I'm trying to get to? Let me say it, the way it is, right? I, I, I was trying and trying to be much nicer and I'm working on myself. The fact that somebody is, a, is a, the highest giver in your church does not mean you should not kick them out of the church. Now, God called you to that assignment and God is going to fund it. Don't try to help God. You see, one of the problems we have is that we, we, we've, we've gone to put our nose into things we're so, not supposed to put our nose into. Because we want, to, we want to be relevant among our peers who are pastors, we go and buy buildings or we go and hire buildings that we cannot afford. We are overdoing things. We are going to go and hold concerts on debt, in debt. We are not serious. We are not thinking. We are not serious. Who are we trying to impress? Paul said, if I'm trying to please people, I will not be a servant of Christ. And this is not applicable only to pastors and ministers of the gospel. Every Christian, we are not called to try to impress anybody. So that's a word of knowledge for anybody here. If someone is in your church who is given to sexual immorality, and I've seen this in many churches where one man, one pastor, or sometimes because the, the person is a talent in a sense, and they have identification with the movie industry or with celebrities, and because, they, because of their presence in the church, a lot of people are coming to the church. When they are given to sexual immorality and bad practices, the pastors don't deal with them. They don't discipline them. It's not right. And if you are in a church whereby the pastor is not, or the pastor is not, is not dealing with these kind of situations, you want to start praying. Because the Bible tells us that evil, when I say praying, praying that God should lead you somewhere else. Because the Bible says evil communication corrupts good manners. It's only a matter of time. And a local church where sexual immorality is being smiled upon and not frowned upon and dealt with, it's only a matter of time it will spread. And you guys open up, open up the church to demons. 
to operate. Amen. Let's carry on. He said, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned. You know, you know, matter of sexual immorality in the church is one that people should, you know, like in the spirit of the Old Testament, rip their clothes, pour ashes on themselves, be wailing and crying. Because it's a very serious matter. Mourn that he who has done this might be taken away from among you. You know, I was trying to be nice, but, you know, because I was trying to be nice and I was trying to be diplomatic in a sense, is I could not even flow in the spirit. So I'm going to say it as it is. Amen. I was even looking for English. I'll say it as it is. Amen. Um, because I'm not a servant of men. So I, I was just trying to polish it. But the truth is, if somebody is giving sexual morality in your church, you've got to get a kick them out. You know, what, pastorally, there's a way we deal with certain things here. So how... How will I have dealt with it? You know, address the matter. Don't shy away from it. Make it open. And, I mean, let we expose the people. We deal with it. We, we, not that we want to put them to shame, but we're going to expose them in church that this person has been having an affair with this blah, 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 and it's come to our attention, and we are aware of it, and we are dealing with it. We send the man somewhere else to be pastored so that his head can be correct, and the woman somewhere else to be pastored so that their head can be correct, but we do not keep them in the church. And if they don't want to get help, because we don't, we are not in the, we are not in an, in a ministry to kick people out of things, but to build people. Yeah, this is not in my plan this morning. So, but I feel God is saying something to someone here. So sometimes I think the the, the fact the fact that people should, um, when people are aware that you're gonna, there's a way we deal with sexual immorality. Maybe we help people to fix themselves. I will call it out. I will say it here. And you know, we are streaming live. The world we know about it. So it's not a joke. I don't have such people in our church anyway. So if you are listening to that man's wife and they're looking attractive to you, you have to speak to yourself and speak to that emotion. Spiritual gifts, we are going there, but we have not lost track. So now saying it like Apostle Paul says it, I say you have not mourned that he who has done this might be taken away from among you. So if you are if you're a Christian, you always just, just become a Christian, or you are not a Christian and you're watching or listening to me. From I can I hope you can see from the Bible that I'm reading out here, First Corinthians chapter five, that the church is not a place of to practice sexual immorality. You may have seen a lot of sexual immorality, sexual misconduct among many Christians, but the Bible of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are reading, that our church, this church, the Transformers Church is built upon, does not condone tolerate, allow, embrace anything sexual immorality. So all those things you see on social media, a pastor is doing this, a pastor is doing that. It ain't your business. What is your business is what the Bible says. Amen. I didn't mean to be, or to be offensive, but just to tell you the truth. Like, the real Christianity, the real faith, does not condone, tolerate, embrace sexual immorality. So when you see some Christians doing some stuff, don't say Christianity is about this. This is what Christianity are because I'm reading out the Bible to you. And I remind, let me to remind you, that's why I said to my wife, if there's any video shared on social media that a pastor is doing something, a pastor did this, a pastor did this with someone, I said it's none of our business, we don't pay attention. Because who told you he's a pastor? Were you there when Jesus called him? Were you there when Jesus appointed him? 
The fact that anybody calls themselves a pastor or start a church does not mean they're even saved. I was sharing with someone yesterday how I met a pastor in a church and my servant and gentleman were speaking to this person and this person is not saved. He said he just felt something good to do, something nice to do, and that's why he's doing it. He does not, he's not saved. He does not believe in the gospel. He does not believe in the Bible. But people go to this man for prayers, the man who is not saved. What are you talking about? Do you know some people are pastors as a job so that they can get paid? It's a job for some people. What are we talking about? Let's carry on so I can quickly wrap up on this one. For indeed, for I indeed, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have already judged. Then go, as though I were present, okay, um, him who has done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That one I will talk about, but I will explain that one in future. Verse 6, your glory is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens, up, leavens the whole lump? How I many people have seen yeast? You apply a little yeast in the dough of bread and it rises. Just small. Yeast. And the dough rises. So Paul is saying to you here that keeping company with sexual immoral people is going to mess up your life. It's going, to, it's going to corrupt you. It's only a matter of time. And not only keeping company with them in person, even in movies. You know those movies that some people like to watch? Dirty, disgusting, filthy movies. To say it will not affect you is to be deceiving yourself. But we are not, we are not trying to, we, we try not to lose track about spiritual gifts. But I'm trying to show you here that this church that excelled in spiritual gifts, right, there was immorality in that church. And Paul is addressing the situation. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. So when Paul was saying that he does not want them to be ignorant, in a sense, he's saying to you that I don't want you to mistake manifestation of spiritual gift with sound Christianity. Have I made any sense? Have I communicated it? I took it to 1 Corinthians 5 to show you that in this same church that these gifts were manifesting, where Paul is saying he does not want them to be ignorant, there was all manner of nonsense going on there. So the fact that somebody manifests the gift of the Spirit does not mean their head is correct. Friends, manifestation of the gift of the Spirit happens through the spirit of a person, not through their soul. A person's spirit is saved when they, are, when they give their life to Christ. But that does not mean their soul, which is their mind, their emotions, their will is, is sound. That's why the Bible says that we should, for us to experience the transformation that has taken place in our spirit, we should renew our mind, change the way we think. See, no Christian can ever or will ever be successful without renewing their mind, changing the way they think, their perspective, how they see things. So the day you give your life to Christ is not the end of your Christian life. That does not, I mean, that is not it. It's just a starting point. If you really want to live in this world and experience a sound Christian life, you must consciously, dis, you must consciously, I'm looking, I'm trying, there's an English I want to use, but just me, my laugh at me. You must consciously, and dedicated, decided, right, don't, don't worry about that. You must consciously give yourself to studying the world, changing the way you think. So you have to, you have to buy, no, no, it's not a condition, it's not an option, to be able to differentiate between 
the kingdom of God that you now belong to and the kingdom of darkness. See, your, your emotions, your feelings will still feel like a sinner. But you have to say to yourself, I am now born again a child of God. Where I'm going is this. Not many Christians who manifest spiritual gifts have even given themselves to that process of transformation, of planting the word of God in their heart. Praise the Lord. So, concerning spiritual gifts, believers should not be ignorant. And that's why we are teaching this. So, if I've taught this for 14 weeks, it's not, I'm just, I can do, I can do this for the rest of the year. Because if you guys understand it, and you know how the Spirit of the Lord works, and all of the things I've been sharing with you in the past few weeks, I mean, it, it, it just makes life easier for me, and I can sleep properly at night. None of our teenagers or none of our young ladies will say, I want to marry this guy because he's a Christian. He speaks in tongues. Healings happen through him. No, it, it, she takes her time to judge the character of the guy. You know, when our, when, our, when our young ones leave home and they go to uni or they travel or they leave the country or they go somewhere else and they want to join a local church, they don't join because they saw smoke screen, because they are doing something cool. But they are listening now for Christ. And because they understand the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit, they can tell. When somebody is trying to come and manipulate them because of the manifestation they've seen, they will not give in to it. So friends, people's lives, your life, the life of your children, the life of the people God is going to entrust to your care depends on the clarity and the understanding of this. Many of the, permit my English, many of the madness we see in the church today is built in this lack of understanding of spiritual gifts. The, 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 the absolute and utter insanity and manipulation and it's, 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 it's disgusting. It's, wait, wait, wait. I don't understand. Let's look. Just think. Look at this example. Somebody came, you, your pastor invited someone to your church to speak and because the person knows your name and he knows your nickname, and the whole church is screaming, and everybody follows everything that this guy tells them. Is that no insanity? Say, I don't blame the church. They don't know, no, they don't know better. But the leader. And, because, and these people, because they are, they are wolves in sheep clothing, they begin to meet with your church members by the corner, and there's been so much sexual exploitation in this area. A lot that I am aware of. Because of the manifestation of the spiritual gift. Shut up! You are not, you know, and when I say shut up, I'm thinking to the manifester of the gift. See, the fact that the Holy Ghost walked through you to bless people does not make you a senior, a superior class of Christian. No! I've been on social media for a while, I mean, since the Facebook literally kind of started. And most of the nonsense I've seen on social, on, I mean, abuse is because one man of God is able to manifest the gift of spirit. And some of them, even many of them, are they have a diabolic and sorcery root. Amen. So let's carry on. So today we're looking at gift of healings. This one doesn't need too much explanation. Right? But there's some facts I would like us to know. There are about eight of them. I'm going to run through them line by line. We're going to do this. Let's go. <clears throat> Right. So first thing I would like us to understand is, is God wants you well. Amen. God wants you well. The Bible tells us about 
Jesus how he healed people of many sickness and infirmities. Let's go to Mark, Matthew 8, 17. I'll start, no, let's start from verse 16. I'll read Matthew 8, 16 and 17. The New King James. So when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirit with the word and healed all who were sick. He healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Amen. God wants us well. Now, when we talk about gifts of healings, we're talking about a supernatural manifestation of the spirit of God in the person to heal people. It's very different from when a person agrees with you in faith for you to receive healing. So when someone may be sick and they say, you know what, well, Pastor, I would like you to agree with me. I'm trusting God for my healing. And that one, we trust God. I mean, we pray. We, we stand on God's word. Like an example of the word we stand on is this. And we keep confessing. We keep speaking to the person's body. We keep resisting the enemy, you know, with the word of God until we see the healing manifest. And in most instances, in most cases, such a way of receiving healing is not instant. So the healing takes some time. The body heals with time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit just dropped something in my heart about um, healing meetings, miracle healing meetings. Was it, uh, what's her name? Uh, Catherine Kruman. I can't remember the number, but over 70% of the people who attended Christian Kruman's healing meetings had the sickness or disease come back on them? Mm. Yeah. Have the a problem come back on them. I got that number from, I can't remember the exact number, but I was listening to Andrew right? because Andrew used to usher uh, during uh, Catherine Kuhlman's meetings. So all these miracle healing meetings, sometimes they bother me. right? If a person does not belong to a local church where the pastor teach them, or it's teaching ministry in a sense, but look at you, let me stick, stick to that because that one will require more explanation. Where they are taught how to receive healing and to hold on to their healing, you know, they would keep jumping from one miracle, miracle service, miracle meeting, healing meeting to the other. But that's not God's plan. God wants you to be able to walk in perfect health and hold on to the health he has given to you in Christ Jesus. Right. So if you know, you know anyone or any of you, if you or anyone you know have ever attended a miracle or healing meeting conference, they got healed and they go back home, the symptom or the problem came back on them and it seems like God's power is not working or it's temporal. There's a problem. I used to attend the church and they used to have, um, Jesus Lord. <laughs> okay, I don't want to mention it because people think I'm mean. Uh, so they used to have this month. Uh, they, used to have, they, they, they used to have different covenant days, right? So they have covenant day of healing, and um, sometimes it is a month. And someone close to church authority kind of told me. He said most of the healings that happen in church that those things are coming back on people. I looked at her and I was and, and I smiled. But it's never announced. You can't know, but except somebody who is very close, say, you know what, these people are back to that sickness, are back in the hospital. Does it, does it mean that God does not want them well? No. See, it's not about the healing you get. 
is about receiving the healing and being able to hold on to it. Amen. God wants you to walk in sound health. Not that healing hits you and that's it. And you're excited and you're out of church. You are out of everywhere. And you go back to your own uh, normal life. I'm going to teach on healing, so I'm not going to do that here. But a few things I need to drop here. Amen. So God wants us well. We can see in the life of Jesus that it was even prophesied, spoken of him, you know, that it took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So God wants you well. Now, before the Holy Spirit gave me that word of knowledge, let's, let me continue where I, where I stopped. Now, God wants us well. We can see that in the life of Jesus. Uh, gifts of healings is a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, you know, to heal people. And most of the time, we may not see this in the church. From Bible record, what we see is that, you know, the apostles went out and they healed people. Most of the time, they see that the person has faith to receive healing and they ministered healing to them. Amen. So, gift of healing is when the Holy Ghost, you know, you know um, is working in a person to heal other people. And it's been a very good evangelism too. But the sad thing is that when people go on the street and heal people, they don't minister the gospel to them. So what makes you different from other uh, people who do do miracles on the street, not by the Spirit of God? We don't go out there to do miracles to wild people or to make ourselves feel good, feel good if the Holy Spirit prompts us. Every miracle that happens through us should be leading to the gospel. Amen. Now, you may notice that some people are more frequently used in healing than other people. Like I said a few weeks ago, what I've noticed from my observation, if a person is well acquainted or well in tune with a gift of a spirit, the Holy Spirit tends to use them more frequently in that gift. But that does not mean that that's their specialty in, in that sense. You know, some people just say, you know, what is my specialty? No, it's because they, they've been trained, they've trained themselves, they are more conversant with the working of the Holy Ghost in regards to that gift of the Spirit. But the Bible makes us to understand that God wants us to excel in all those gifts. God, want, God, God can manifest any of those gifts through any one of us as the need arises based on the need in a particular place. Some people are not sick. If they are not sick in their physical body, you don't need gift of healings to, to, to operate. If what they are having is mental health issues or mental or depression, you don't need to be manifesting healing. Else you're just wasting your time. Some people's sickness is not physical, it's mental, even though their body looks sick. So word of knowledge will open your eyes to see the source of the problem in their life. Some people, if we can correct the thought in their mind, their body will be healed. Because many sicknesses in our society today is induced by psychological issues. So no matter how much you minister healing to the body of the person, is that they don't receive or they have temporary, they, 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 feel, they feel better temporarily and they are back into that situation. See, nothing beats the power of God's word. I repeat, nothing beats the power of God's word. People should be taught the word of God and taught how to walk in the reality and the power of God's word. And that's what I'm standing by. That's what I'm going to do. Regardless of who comes in on Sunday or who connects online. This is what God has called me to do. I'm going to do it. 
I know what the world, the majority are looking for. Paul said, he said in the, in the in last times, people will want to hear, we are mass for themselves, preachers that will tell them what their hearers want to hear. And a lot of preachers are in some dangerous situation right now because people... Because people have been fed a lot of junk, a lot of lies and deception. So churches that where they will really hear the gospel, they will not want to, even though they know their hearts should be there. Or they will, sneakily, they will sneakily watch online, but they will not go and identify with that church because they don't want, they don't want to lose their carcass. Or they don't want people in their, where, you know, or their, their gang to, to, you know, like a friend of mine who shares the gospel on, on social media. You know, when he goes on the street... Then people meet him and say, you know what, your last week's last Sunday's message really blessed me. But they've never let comment or share or thank him because they don't want their church where they know they are not receiving anything valuable other than death. They don't want them to see them that they identify with this person. Are we weird? When, 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 when did Christianity become something that somebody has a hold over your life? Do you know you are called to you are called to freedom? The Bible says it is for freedom that God has made us free in Christ Jesus. Nobody has a right of control over your life. You are accountable to God. God owns your life. Amen. So God wants us well. We've seen the life of Jesus. Healing. Right. So, and I've talked about what the gift of healing is. And God can walk through anybody to heal people. And I've tried to talk about a few things about these healing issues there. Right. Some people do what they need to start eating, like Pastor Tunde's vegetables. But all they will eat is white rice. Until they, knock, until they were knocked down and had to get a nutrition therapist. And by force, they were eating vegetables. And they are not, now they are well. To the point that they are even built, they are even boarding their lot by themselves. But this was, this was a person two months ago was nearly like, was dying. Why? Vegetables. Vegetables. No, it's white rice. So, ah, that jollof rice. Ah, no, give me that jollof rice. I've prayed, I've tried to receive healing, but I know in my spirit something is not right. And in, the, in my praying was where I was led to say, it's a, there's something behind this. So not all sickness is what is this. Um, you, you go for, you go be going for miracles. What's your diet like? I, I'm tempted to preach on, 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 on health matter today. But um, let's just carry on. Because I, I'm struggling a little bit here. I have some eight points I want us to go into, but, but things are coming out in my street that I need to deal with. And I was, we were having a conversation with someone like, like yesterday night, and I was saying, you know, one of the challenges I have uh, teaching on Sunday is people, when, when we come to church on Sunday, people have challenges, and the Holy Spirit wants to address those challenges. And I'm like, my notes are still here. So I hope those words are blessing the people that the Holy, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to this morning, you know, those lights that He wants you to see. That's our assignment, to help you see the light, become who God has called you to be. Know the truth. So, regarding spiritual gift, you cannot be ignorant. If Holy Spirit wants me to do this for 22 weeks, I will do it with all gladness. But do I like it? No. Because I want to move on to other things that are kind of exciting to me. But I have to work with God to give you what He wants me to give you. What He wants to give to you guys. Amen. So, God wants us well. So, talking about gifts of healings, watch this. Now, gifts of healings is not the same thing as uh, medical science, right? Some people will say things like, medical science is the gift of healing that God has given to humanity. You know, when I hear some things, I'm like, 
people think like this. That's why I try to read as wide as possible. And that's why I hear all manner of stuff. And I'm sure there's more lies and deception around the gifts of healings. Now, there was, a Paul, there, was a, there was a video I watched. I think it's called Apostle Paul. I can't remember the title. It was a Christian movie, in quotes. You know, many of the stories' lines were good. Then there was a time that somebody, somebody's child was sick in the movie, and Luke, I think Luke was brought to the scene, and the man said, heal my daughter. And Luke said, you know, um, I can't remember the, the, the lines exactly, but what Luke said in that video was, uh, God's ways are not his ways. So he cannot, um, God will choose whether he wants to heal or not. I'm trying to remember the movie now. God will choose whether he wants to will the child or not. And eventually what Luke did in that video was I took a knife and um, I think kind of cut the child to release uh, blood or something, something from the child. It was a Christian that gave me the movie to watch. I know people were shouting about it then. But that movie, with all due respect, is not a gospel movie, it's not a Christian movie. The devil is inspiration behind that sin. Because we saw in the life of Jesus and the apostles in the Bible that God heals. That the gift of healings is in operation. And someone put a Christian movie together in a sense and said, can see I'm, I'm upset a little bit here. And said, no, God chooses to heal or not. And carried out a kind of minor operation on the child to heal the child. That is demonic. Quote me anywhere. It is demonic. See, I said something. I said, it's either we're Christian or we are not. See, there's no gray areas in Christianity. You are either in the kingdom of light or in the kingdom of darkness. How many times have you seen gray light? Is that the lights are on or they're off? So why did I say that? You know, I wish I, I, I had, I was able to get the, the, the facts accurate as I, could, as I would like to. Why did I say that? I'm trying to say that people will try to explain away the manifestation of the gifts of healings. And I say to you, God can walk and God to walk through people to heal people. I remember a time that I was living, I used to be part of a, a church a long time ago. And uh, I was leaving church one Sunday. Then... The lady who gave me a ride from Kent to London, excuse me, said, you know what, uh, Brother Day, you know, a thought just came to my mind. There's this friend of mine who's been sick. She has pain in her legs. And she's been to the doctors. They've, uh, you know, x-rayed and stuff. And um, there was nothing. He said, but the condition of the sister is such that now she's crawling from room to the bathroom. She cannot walk. Doctors say, you are fine. But she's crawling. She can't stand on her feet. And I was like, okay, give me the phone. And the moment I opened my mouth to pray, the Holy Spirit was putting a few things in my spirit. Things switched spiritually, and I knew something switched. To me, that's a gift of healings. Because that day, trust me, I was tired and exhausted. I just want to go home and eat. And I said to her, I said, right now, in the name of Jesus, stand up on your feet. And she stood up. And she started, she said, and she started, I said, okay, she said she stood up, yeah, and she said she can feel pains, pricks in her legs. I said, yes, with that pricks, I said, the power of God is working in her legs. She stand up right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I said, start jumping, start jumping right now. I started jumping. Friends, all those lines, all those scripts, I didn't really ask them. I didn't see them somewhere. I didn't even know where they were coming from, but from my spirit. Lo and behold, this woman was back to church the following Sunday. 
walking perfectly fine. A woman that was crawling and doctors could not diagnose the problem in her feet or in her legs. So, and that's just one of many examples that I've seen the gift of healings walk through me. And when the gift of healings walk through me, I'm not even thinking it. And they have never been the same how I go about it. They're not even in the script. And, they are, and this is different from when I pray with people to receive healing. But I have seen several manifestations whereby I know I'm not the one in charge here. Something is working through me and I can see the healing instantly in people's lives. So don't allow anyone to explain away healing. Now, we live in a society where there's a national health service, there's free medical care in a sense, even though it's not free. All of us who are taxpayers, our money is going there. And, um, and because of the so-called free medical service, people do not and are less conscious of the healing power of God. This should not be. Amen. This should not be. So working of, uh, the gifts of healings is not medical science or human learning. You know, where people learn something about, about health and they come to church and they, they give you all kind of strategies to, to, to health, to sound health, and they call that, that, that the gift of healing. So people are, some people are um, health practitioners who can administer medication or herbs and stuff to you. And they will come to church and say, and, you know, the pastor will say things like, you know, this person has the gift of healing. And that gift of healing is what they use to minister those things to you. And, um, and if you buy these particular things from me, because I have the gift of healing, you'll be well. Are we all right? Who fed us this nonsense? How, how did we get here? It just shows that we don't, we're not reading our Bible. And some people are money motivated. See, when it comes to money, many preachers can do terrible, disgusting, ugly, ungodly things. So the believer has to be conscious. Well, you, well, the pastors and preachers are accountable. The clergy is, is responsible for what they teach the audience or their followers. But followers equally, knowing that clergy can be corrupted, have your relationship with Jesus Christ. Build a sound relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. So I said, medical science is a natural means of healing. It's not supernatural. Gift of healing is supernatural healing through, done by the Holy Ghost, through people. And listen to this. And it is always in line with the word of God. It is always in line with the word of God. How does gift of healings operate through me and the life of Jesus, as we've seen read in the Bible? He spoke the word. The lady who had pain in the leg and could not walk, how did I minister healing to her? Speaking the word to her over the phone. They didn't need to bring her to my house for me to lay hands on her. It was over the phone. I spoke the word of God. Her heart was open to receive and she got it. So which means even if you're operating in the gift of healings, the person, the recipient must be willing to receive Paul was preaching the book of Acts chapter 14, I believe. The Bible says, when he saw that the man had faith to receive, to be healed, to receive healing, he said to him, let's go to Acts 14. Acts 14. Verse 
Acts 14, 8. And in Lystria, a certain man without strength in his feet, feet again, was sitting, a crippled man from his mother's womb. So let me pause there a little bit. What that tells us is this. You know, you hear things like, you know, it is God's will that some people should be born crippled. It's not true. Because if God is healing people who were born crippled, then it was not his original intention. So all those lies over all, over all over media and social media and say, you know what, this is how God created them because he wanted to make something out of them is a lie. God does not create anything imperfect. Friends, can you imagine the microphone in my hand came out of a factory bent? Does that do, does that do any... Does, how, and and, and, and St. Hazer, okay, this is a free advertisement, right. And the, the, the manufacturer actually sold the microphone out. I mean, it is bent to 90 degrees. The handle is bent to 90 degrees. What do you think of the manufacturer? Many of you say, like, are, are they all right? You know, I, I know what customers can be like these days. And so why do you expect that God would do, when, I mean, if you do, if you ex, this is what I'm trying to say. If you expect excellence and quality from a human being, why would you expect less from God? Every child coming from the coming out through the manufacturing, baby making process of God is perfect by original design. Anybody born with any form of deformity, it's a sin. Not the sin of the parent, not the sin of the child, not sin of human being. Sin in the world. It is the devil that that produces deformity in people's lives, not God. Some people, it's the medication the mother took that deformed the child. Let me now take it back. Now, if there was no sin in the world, the woman would not need any medication that could have led to the deformity of the child. So God is not behind any form of deformity. You know, it's all those is God is God. Let's just stop it. Because the Bible tells us that there's no darkness in God. There's no evil in him. It's every good and perfect gift come from him. Let's get it right. Amen. So verse 8 I was reading. Uh, so, I'll take verse 8 again, then we take it up and then we shut down. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man had, had Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying, in the, that we'll talk about that one in future. Paul observed, even when it comes to manifestation of gifts of healings, the recipient must be willing to receive. And we got to be observant. Amen. So I'm going to close by saying this. Now, when people go to healing meetings and then some people get healed and some people are not healed and, and it brings confusion, to some extent, the reason behind that is because some people's mind is not first in a place where they can receive. Before I pray with people for Holy Ghost baptism, before I pray with people for healing, I tend to prepare their heart for so that they can be willing to receive. Any and everyone I've prayed with who have not received Holy Ghost baptism, the challenge has always been in their mind. It's the mind thing because God will not withhold his blessings from anyone 
is the mind. And all the time I've asked, I said, what were you thinking? And they're like, uh, I think, uh, I think. As long as your mind is in the way, you can receive. Because receive the gift of the Spirit. Now, Holy Ghost baptism. Let me put that one that way. By with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We receive that one by faith. Once the mind is in the way we can receive, many blessings that the believers have not been able to receive is not be, it's because of doubt. Once doubt is in, you can't receive. The Bible says a man who doubts God is, 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 like, an, is like, a, like the wave of a sea who is unstable in all his ways. And such a man should not expect he will receive. Not that God will not give. We will not will receive anything from God. Doubt prevents us from receiving from God. So the problem is not God not giving. The problem is we receiving. So our mind plays a critical role in our lives. Amen. Finally, doctors don't heal. They only administer medicine to support people's healing process. So please never say a doctor has gift of healings. Be very careful to people who you go to for healing. Be very, very, very careful. Be very, very, very careful. Be very, very, very careful who you go to for healing. Next week, I'll get into the, I'll go straight to this fact about the gift of healing, and I'll address a lot more of these things there. Amen. So, guys, don't forget our confession. You know, we are who God says we are. Amen. We are the light of the world. We do not conform to this world. We represent Christ and we make a difference. We are who God says we are. We and what would I say? We are. We are the light of the world. We don't conform to this world. We represent Christ, and we make a difference. So, as you step out from today, have this in your mind: I'm a difference maker. I don't conform. I don't blend. Teenagers hear me by force. Because once you get on your social media app, you start seeing no manner of uh, children of the devil who are who are enticing you to look like them. And the, and, the, and, the pay, and the matrons in the kingdom of darkness. I don't want to mention those celebrity, female celebrities that you guys um, uh, know. Amen. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, it's not of Christ. If it makes you feel uncomfortable in light with the things you've heard in church and the things you've read in the Bible, it's not of Christ. Amen. And adults too. When you go to work and they're enticing you with all manner of stuff, Remind yourself, I'm a difference maker. I'm a light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers.